Um, so, on our trip to Tissay, we did a lot of devotionals, which was to be expected because it was a very religion-oriented trip because we went with a church group. Duh. Um, but what was different about devotionals this time is that we kind of just did them out in the open. And that's very different because to do them in church is one thing. That's kind of contextual. It's where you would expect it to happen. But to do it outside, you're kind of being more public about it. And in a way, that's kind of scary because the world today is like pretty secular, I would say, for the most part. So you don't really know how people are going to react to you or if they're going to feel rooted out by what you're doing or whatever. But then after a while, what you come to realize is that it doesn't really matter and you should kind of just be focused on what you're doing. Now, what we did was we did devotionals on a mountain, by a lake, um, outside in the city of Geneva with all the energy of the city around us. And it was just a really cool experience and a totally different way to experience devotionals. We'd like to share some of our experiences with you. This is uh, the group of pilgrims that left on July 22nd. So from left to right, we've got Sung Soo Kim, Pastor Jeff, Cameron Davis, Zach Ball, Chris Marr, Anthony Palma, Micah Coleman-Campbell, me, Karen Berry, um, William Palma, Allison Mack, and Amanda Palma. So we set off on a pilgrimage and we experienced many, many things. And we're going to share with you today some of the sights, sounds, feelings. And um, after the service today, we'll even give you some Teze-style breakfast, the breakfast that we had every day for a week, which was very simple. Um, after we finish sharing some of our thoughts, we're going to have a chance to go through a modified prayer service using songs that, as Micah mentioned, were our favorites from the week. We had over 150 songs that we went through in a book and cycled around. So they were a very powerful way for us to clear our minds and really start to focus on what was important. Um, but before we got to Teze, we spent a few days in Geneva. We visited some sites of the Reformation. And then after a few days in Geneva, we headed along the French countryside and found the village of Teze. And up on the hill, the community of Teze was there ready to welcome us. So we had a short little orientation on what became our seats for the week. Benches were just kind of the norm all over the campus, if you will, in the community. Here's Cameron. The, after our orientation, we signed up for jobs. So Cameron was signing up for her job for the week. The whole community runs on the work of the volunteers. Cameron? Yes. There we go. Alrighty, so Cameron, bless her heart, was cleaning toilets for the week, so we really appreciated her help in the, the bathroom department. <laughs> a lot of the rest of our group was involved in the choir. Music is a big part of Teze, and so it took a good choir to um, really help lead in the prayer services. So here they are in, in practice. We also had people involved in food service. That's a major undertaking when you have three to 4,000 people. So up here you can see on the left, Amanda filled in one day for uh, a missing person in the food service line. So what was food service like when you have three to 4,000 people? They would all descend on the food service area at once after a prayer service, and it was amazing how quickly the lines went through. But 
you have to make sure when you're wanting to eat at Teze, you've got your yellow meal ticket, because without that yellow meal ticket, you did not get anything to eat. Once you got your tray of food, you found one of the benches in one of the big tents, and we all gathered together and, and sat and ate off of our laps. Again, simplicity was the, the order of the day. These are some typical meals of what we ate. Very simple, but filling. And always, always was the red cup out of which we drank water or in the morning we got to have tea. Three times a day, the bells of Teze would call us into a prayer service at the Church of Reconciliation. We prayed in the morning first thing when we got up. We prayed at noon before lunchtime. And we also prayed in the evening before going to bed. So these uh, services were a way of gathering the whole community. We would settle in on the floor, spend some time singing, and then get ready to clear our minds for the silence. Um, which were really the, the heart and soul of Teze, we had small groups. There was always a time of um, Bible introduction, is what they called it, with one of the brothers. He would talk to the, the, the greater community, and then we would break up into small groups according to age and language abilities to discuss the scripture and whatever else came up in conversation. Also, we had workshops in the late afternoon, early evening, and there were a variety of topics to choose from. We had uh, one on resistance. We had one on Christianity and debt, Christians and Muslims living together. Uh, we also had a unique one on the top right hand is the silver medalist for world extreme unicycling that did a presentation in a 15th century barn. So that was kind of a fun experience. <laughs> Um, on the left-hand side, there was a large group of Ukrainians in residence at Teze this summer, and they are trying to get some peace and take refuge from the turmoil going on in their country. So it was very um, interesting to, to interact with them. They did a workshop on culture in their country, and we've got a little taste of that here for you. Um, 
they taught us a little Ukrainian to sing along with their song. did a little folk dance demonstration and we even got Amanda involved in this. This was one of the Teze songs that was done in Ukrainian. It was kind of like the national or the, the symbol of hope for them that when everyone sang along they, they took a lot of um, followers from that. Next to us, 
and there were there were a lot. It was a very very large group, and they were very nice, very like kind, polite people. But their culture is just so different, and that was really interesting to see. They stayed up really late. They ate really late. They get together in big groups and just have really big, fun conversations, which we really can't understand that well. At least if you took high school Spanish, it's a little tough. <laughs> um, but it's just really different from how Americans kind of operate. For example, we go to bed pretty early compared to people in Southern Europe, and we also don't eat generally at 10 o'clock at night. Um, so there were times when it was a little frustrating when it would be one o'clock in the morning and you could hear all this noise outside your room and you would just be like, excuse my friends, French, but shut up. <laughs> we're all trying to sleep here. We're all very tired. It's a very fun but tiring experience. Um, but you have to keep in mind where they're coming from. They're from a totally different lifestyle, culture, environment than we are. And instead of getting mad about it, it's an interesting thing to learn from. So that was kind of my biggest experience with trying to understand in place of getting mad and then trying to go back and forgive. So I decided that if I was woken up once or twice at night, the experience of getting to know different cultures and just getting to see people who are different from people who live in Chatham, not that there's anything wrong with Chatham people, but, <laughs> but it's good to step outside where you're from once in a while. I decided that that really outweighed getting woken up like once. And I kind of had to come to a decision in my own mind to try and understand and just try and learn from their experience instead of getting judgmental about it. And I think that was the biggest thing that jumped out at me. That was a learning experience from Tizay. And that's what's so great about Tizay because you really get a chance to kind of examine yourself and see maybe what some of the flaws in your thought process are when you're interacting with other people. And so, that's what I learned, and I think it's a really important thing to learn. Uh, what truly spoke to me at Tizay was the music. My job at Tizay was being a part of the choir. Um, although everyone sang, we were supposed to lead the congregation in song. I think it was really important it's really essential for the songs to be in a variety of languages so that everyone could feel represented in such a diverse crowd of thousands. Being amongst the singing at Tizay was like something I've never experienced before. I truly was able to feel the presence of God as if it was like everyone, every individual singing was releasing the God inside of themselves, contributing to a universal feeling of peace, happiness, and belonging. This is what I truly took out of Tizay. Zach is one of our pilgrims who couldn't be here today because he's finally had a, a break in a busy summer of BBC, Rise, Teze, and he's on a family vacation before school starts again. But he did send in some thoughts that we'll read here to share with you. 
So Zach writes, as someone who has voraciously approached the college process, my Teze experience was mostly dictated around reflecting on decisions that I have made and that I will make, not only pertaining to my college search, but also to my daily decision-making process. One of the most candid phrases that I have heard from students during college tours is this, I learn just as much from the other students as I do in classroom or from professors. I think this is especially true at Teze because, in my experience, the youth learn as much from the other pilgrims as they do from the brothers. I have never been in such a vibrant community with people so open to sharing their experiences before. It really struck me in my small group Bible studies how quickly our discussions could transition from scripture analysis to conversations of the cultures in our respective countries, Germany, Holland, America. Our CUMC group experiences in Geneva were able to carry over into the themes we experienced at Teze. Post Tenebras Lux, light after darkness. Karen and I first noticed this at the Reformation Wall in Geneva, and then again at St. Pierre's Church in the old town of Geneva. To me, it has a certain allegory of the cave message, but it can still encompass so many things. Personally, I like to think that bad things are only temporary. The ultimate testament of faith is to endure these bad things. It was only when we arrived at Teze that I realized that there was a similar message in one of the chants. Of course, we had been singing it for months at the CUMC Teze services, but it was only when I heard 3,000 people sing, Dans nos obscurités, allume le feu qui ne s'étend jamais, which means, in our darkest hour, you kindle the fire that never dies away. But the song's impact hit me. I realized that even at our worst, or when we make bad decisions, we will get through it, so long as we focus on faith, hope, and the light. So now 
now as the Teze bells are ringing and the, the people are gathering on the floor and the brothers begin to walk into the sanctuary, we're going to invite you all into a time of Teze prayer. If anyone wants to come sit on the floor in the front with us, you are welcome. We'll do some singing, we'll have some scriptures, some prayers, and some times of silence.
with my whole heart in the company of the upright, in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. By his wonderful deed, the Lord is gracious and merciful. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, or those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Please rise as you are able for the gospel reading. Today's gospel reading comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16 and was the uh, key scripture uh, to say. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. Vous êtes le sol de la terre, mais si le sol perd sa sauveur, avec quoi va lui rendre-t-on? Il ne sert pas qu'à être jeté dehors et foulé aux pieds par les hommes. Vous êtes la lumière du monde. Une ville située sur une montagne ne peut être cachée, et on n'allume pas une lampe pour la mettre sous le boisseau, mais on le met <coughs> sur le chandelier, et elle éclaire tous ceux qui sont dans la maison. Que votre lumière luise ainsi devant les hommes, afin qu'ils voient vos bonnes œuvres et qu'ils glorifient votre Père qui est dans les cieux. Ihr seid das Licht der Welt. Eine Stadt, die auf einem Berg liegt, kann nicht verborgen bleiben. Auch sündet niemand eine Lampe an und stellt sie dann unter der Gefäß. Im Gegenteil, man stellt sie auf den Lampenstände, damit sie allen im Hauslicht geht. So soll auch euer Licht vor den Menschen leuchten. Sie sollen ihre, ihre Güten werden erzählen und ihren Vater im Himmel bleiben. Noch in der Sessage zu Domini. 
소금이 많은 그 맛을 잃으면 무엇으로 짜게 하리요? 후에는 아무 쓸데없어 다만 밖에 버려져 사람에게 밟힐 뿐이니라. 너희는 세상의 빛이라 산 위에 있는 동네가 숨겨지지 못할 것이요 사람이 등불을 켜서 말 아래에 두지 아니하고 등경 위에 두나니 이러므로 지방 모든 사람에게 빛이 있느니라. 이같이 너희 빛이 사람 앞에 비치게 하여 그들로 너희 착한 행실을 보고 하늘에 계신 너희 아버지께 영광을 돌리게 하라. Ustedes son la luz del mundo. Una ciudad situada sobre un monte no se puede ocultar, ni se enciende una lámpara para cubrirla con un cajón. Por el contrario, se pone sobre el candelero y alumbra a todos los que están en la casa. Así brille la luz de ustedes delante de los hombres, para que vean sus buenas acciones y glorifiquen a su Padre que está en el cielo. You may be seated for the time of silence.